Welcome to the Learning to Change podcast, where we uncover the transformative power of learning through the modern learner's lens. I'm your host, Melissa Emler, and I'm back with my friend and returning guest, Julie Stevenson. Julie Stevenson, as a reminder, is the Director of Culture and Learning at Southwest Health, and her organization is on a journey to create a more just culture. So in our first episode of this series, Julie talked about what just culture was, we defined it, and we talked about some of the language connected to just culture. Then in the most recent episode, we talked about mission, vision, and values and how those pieces are connected to just culture and the importance of creating those systems pieces, that systems engineering component. And today we are going to talk about our duties in our workplace, and then potentially how our errors or our choices impact those duties and what comes to be as a result of that in the next segment of this Just Culture learning series. Get ready for another compelling session on Just Culture and how it can reshape workplaces, enhance employee engagement, and improve service quality. So let's dive in. Welcome back, Julie. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation because I think it's going to make a lot more sense to me as we continue speaking. My understanding at this moment in the Just Culture learning is hazy at best. So I'm <laughs> looking for clarity and I'm excited to chat with you again. Welcome back. Well, I'm very happy to be here. I love talking about Just Culture and I've been learning about it and talking about it for a long time. And it is still complex for me. So um, you will get maybe a little bit more clarity, but it's, it is a hard concept to get like full clarity on it. It really complexifies things that we usually think we have clarity on. Right. And it is informed by living and yeah. living in a just culture and constantly being conscious of shaping the just culture. So that's exciting. So let's start with, we did talk about what our duties on the job are, and then we're going to talk about breaches and behaviors essentially. So where do you want to start today? Well, let's just quickly go over uh, the three duties that are sort of owed as an employee to a workplace or to an organization. So as an employee, you owe a certain um, conduct to your organization. For example, you owe that you are going to um, be considerate of the physical and emotional well-being of your team or your peers. You're going to probably owe the conduct that you're going to be financially, you know, a, a financial steward of the organization right, of its reputation. You probably owe privacy or com confidentiality in some way, depending on what you, um, your workplace is, right? We work in a hospital. There's an understanding that HIPAA or patient information is part of our values. One of the things that is in the pursuit of our mission, these are the things that we protect. We protect people's safety. We protect our reputation. We protect privacy of our uh, patients. So those are considered um, sort of a, a values duty, and so you can think about values, duties by things that an organization tells you, do not do these things, right? So like using HIPAA as an example, you we do not want you to breach the privacy of our patients. So do not go into someone's chart, 
right? Like it's a, it's a like simple kind of statement of a conduct that is not something we are tolerant of in our organization based on our values. So that's the first um, breach. I'm sorry, duty is a conduct duty or a values duty. Questions on that before I move on, Missy? <laughs> no, I'll just make the connection that HIPAA in healthcare is similar to FERPA in education. Mm-hmm. And that is the, it's, you know, I'm sh- not exactly sure what the legal ease of both of those laws are, but in, in structure and in function, they serve the same function, and that's to protect the privacy of our learners. So right. that is the connection I was making. Yeah, so absolutely. So so there's it's just like do not do these things. If you work in this or- kind of organization, there are certain conduct that we expect from you. Do not do these things. Do not sexually harass your colleagues, right? Like things like that. Yes. The second duty that is owed is likely procedural compliance. So really that's kind of a, a- bloodborne pathogens <laughs> training. <laughs> right, or hi- <laughs> uh, hand hygiene in a hospital right? There are certain procedures that because of the high stakes nature of what we do, you have to follow a procedure. There's, we don't cut the corners here, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So this, uh, like when there's an outcome that is sort of critical, we have to use a defined process to accomplish and make sure that we are completing that task. So that is a duty of procedural compliance. And so similar to the values duty or the conduct duty being a don't do duty, Mm-hmm. This would be a how-to. Did I follow the steps? Yes. So what's interesting to me is during the pandemic, the people's procedural compliance pieces were tested and scrambling and revised a lot mm-hmm. as we mm-hmm. sort of responded and reacted to um, the guidelines and the pieces of information that were coming out to us from credible sources. And that was what I perceived to be extremely uh, an, an extremely stressful time for those piece of people in the organizations that were charged with defining and redefining those procedures mm-hmm. and then communicating that out. And then for our employees and people in the organization to know what the most recent peace was, was really challenging and yet really important. Yeah, you know, reliability work is tricky because information changes, system changes, right? And so procedures, this this procedural compliance duty is really about we need to be reliable, right? We need every patient to feel safe every single time. So we do the procedure in a certain way. So yes, exactly what, like you just said, when COVID hit, there was so much changing quickly, procedural compliance was a very tricky duty, not only to your point, to the people responsible for it, but to the people that are also needing to respond to um, new information and new procedures. Absolutely. And just even one of the things that I noticed um, in that schools did, and pretty much there, there's still rem- remnants of this, but there's literally a COVID-19 tab on most websites, mm-hmm. which is where that communication would be put and placed so that if it was there, that's the most recent or updated messaging that we needed, regardless of the many other streams and ways that we delivered that content or that that new procedure or guideline. Um, 
we had to support people in looking there. So just looking at that became a procedural compliance piece in and of itself is knowing where that information is. Which is a perfect way for an employer, right? Like, so the school district, by putting a tab on the school website is saying we are creating a system to help you be able to follow the procedures, right? And we are communicating that. So we are doing our part to create a system that you can behave and make good choices within to get the outcomes we want, right? There are times when companies or organizations are sort of like, well, you know, like you should have known where to look for it. Well, that isn't designing a great system. If people don't know where to go, it's hard to then follow and and um, complete this duty or, or be responsible for this duty if they don't know, if there's not absolute clarity on where they go to get that. Absolutely. Okay, I interrupted you. So let's, the first, the first duty... Yeah, it's a certain conduct. It's a values duty. So it's a, how do I align my uh, conduct with the values of the organization? I protect the things we value. It's sort of a don't do duty. The second one is a procedural compliance duty. It's a how to duty. Um, mm -hmm. And it's really about reliability. We have to get things done a certain way, which means we have a defined process. And that is what needs to be followed to accomplish the task. And the third duty then is a product or an outcome. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is just like, we have to get this done. This is the thing that must be delivered. So unlike a procedural, you know, procedural duty, this is one of those duties that we don't care how you do it, but it has to get done. So for example, um, if you work in an organization where you have to badge in, right? Like you have to scan your card to get in. If you don't bring your badge to work, that is a problem because you are repeatedly not completing the outcome that you need to do right to get to work so there may be times when you forget and it's a one-off but the organization isn't going to tell you okay in order not to forget here's what you need to do they're just saying bring your badge to work i don't care how you do it but bring your badge to work um, the other thing might be uh, attendance policies right there's three absences in a rolling 12-month period we're not going to tell you how to you how to get to work but we expect you to be at work, mm -hmm. right? So there's a certain product or outcome that has to be completed. And so that's usually like a rate-based thing in many ways, right? Like I need to, or a car salesman, right? Let's say you work at a car dealer. Likely you have an outcome of a certain number of sales every single month. They don't care how you sell them. I mean, probably there's some values uh, mm -hmm. duties in there too. We don't want to be not ethical or something like that, but sell the cars, you need to sell 12 cars a month or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. right? So again, we don't really care how you do it, just it's a thing that you have to do. So what's coming up for me when we're talking about the product piece and you know badging in and out of the place, my husband is um, a, a safety person uh, at a large, very large factory. And as the safety person, they have lockout, tagout, procedures. And ultimately, what they do is they lock down certain things that are deemed unsafe or problematic. And they have to go through a process and a procedure, which he talks about a lot that I don't actually know what he does, but they go through the process and the procedure to take the lockdown off so that it can continue to function. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, when something is locked down, it, it just means it needs to be fixed, <laughs> like immediately, because mm -hmm. it's causing, it could potentially cause harm to someone else. And so then there's a process and a procedure to get the product or the outcome, whatever that is, back 
to a functioning level. Um, and I think that um, that lockout, tag out pieces are all over the safety world, not just in his manufacturing plant, but I've heard of safety people who have locked out, lockout, tag out systems in healthcare. I've not seen them in education, but it does feel very connected to that product. Like this, this is an outcome. This needs attention and we need to do it. And again, we don't care how we do it. There's processes to help you get what you need out of it, but just get this taken care of. Yeah, I think, well, so there's a couple things that are coming to mind based on what you said. And one, I think we're related to education and lockout, tagout. I just think about like, my gosh, I'm blanking on the name all of a sudden, but like when there's an active shooter drill, like we don't care how you shut the door, get the door shut, whatever it is, right? Like, yes. So that would be a case. And I think what you're pointing to is a really interesting blend of the three of these, right? So, and like when there's an alarm or when there's something, when there's a machine that's broken and there is a possibility of some part of our value not being protected. So you mentioned it with your husband's work. When an employee could be at risk because of the way that this operation, this machine is operating, there is a procedure we follow. We lock it, we tag it, and that is no longer used until there's been another procedure probably that goes through to make sure that that system is running, mm-hmm. right? And so the the outcome might be for like the mechanics within your organization, like that there's a certain rate with which you need to get like within yes. two days, those lockout tagouts need to be fixed or there needs to be some sec- secondary, you know, remedy yes. that's happening. But all so of that. that's where all of these are so interconnected on things, especially related to like you talked about safety, um, harm reduction, things like that. So yeah, it's a complicated combination of all of those things. Yes. Awesome. That that makes complete sense. So then well, let's talk just I, mean, I want to just like use an exercise. We used the kitchen analogy the yes. last time we talked. So I think one way to think about these duties just to summarize would be you can think about it from like baking a cake, right? So related to um, like, what would be the measure of a good cake when we're talking about the values duty, right? If we're making a cake, there are certain things that measure what a good cake is, that what you have to protect um, to actually have a cake, right? And yes. so that is one way to think about it. How yes, to- I want a moist cake and one with lots of frosting and I want it to be pretty. Right. Okay. So those would be the measures of a good cake. Those would be the things you value. Well, the second one with the procedural outcome, there is a certain way with which ingredients come together to create a cake, right? So there is a specific, there are specific things that you need to do to bake the cake, um, including ingredients, temperature, length of time, right? And if you don't follow the procedures, you may not have even a cake at the end of that. I have to interrupt you to tell you what I learned on TikTok the other day. <laughs> Literally, it's crazy. I for, I for some reason love watching cake baking decorating outcomes. So I, my algorithm sends me these all the time. But this baker, this cake baker, this is so funny, was talking about her cakes were, sh- were coming out different and she could not understand why. And so she was like, my temperature is the same. The weather outside is the same. Yes. I'm making this up, but barometric pressure is the same. (laughs) She said she uses a a boxed mix for, for something. And it came down to the, the company. I'm not going to say which one it was. I don't know. The company changed the weight 
mm. of the ingredients in the box mm-hmm. by like 0.25 something. And so her cakes were different and she could not figure it out. And so she went back through all of those <laughs> procedures and ultimately ended up comparing two boxes that she had gotten at two different stores. And it just it was a matter of like, you know, shipping and who got supply chain, like who, what store got sure. what box. It was the same exact thing, but the amount was different. Yeah. So that's a really great call out about why the procedural duty is so important. It's about reliability. You know, you don't want just a moist frosted cake once. You want it every time you make a cake, right? Yes. And so, yes, when someone switches something, it makes the reliability, you know, you're, you're less reliable in being able to to create the same thing over and over. Again. Right. Which is why baking has high reliability and cooking doesn't. Mm. <laughs> Because baking, those those measurements are extremely important. And some people in the cooking, they just kind of throw a little bit of everything in and it kind of all mushes together and it works. Mm-hmm. In baking, that procedural piece is really more important. of a science. Yeah, exactly. And hmm. so then thinking about the outcome of, so what would you not want to happen while your cake is being made? Well, I, I don't want it to have, um, and this has happened, like a dip in the middle of it. right? Where it's like not cooked in the middle because it didn't cook all the way through. And I also don't want the edges to be hard and connected to like harder and connected to the pan around the outside. Mm -hmm. That's very annoying. Mm -hmm. Probably need to grease those corners better in my life. Um, Other things like just ugly frosting because you um, don't let it cool long enough. Sure. Right. Well, I think what you're talking about is what makes a, a good cake. Like what is the outcome of, good, of a good cake? Right. But the other thing is, what would you not want to let's let's say you're not making this cake yourself. You're going to a bakery. So mm-hmm. what would you not want? You wouldn't want like no hand washing. Right. You wouldn't want someone to sneeze into the batter and then be just like, cool, that's cool. <laughs> right. Right. Because there are certain values with which the baker is going to protect because that's what we want to provide our customers or our clients, right? So, Mm -hmm. and I think I might've mixed this up before. So like the measures of a good cake, if it's an outcome, just get me a cake, right? Now, different people are going to decide what the rate of, what the moisture level is, what the crispiest edges would be. Um, So that's more of a, like, just get the thing. Baking a cake is the how to, is the procedural. And then the values with which we would be like, it is not okay for the baker to bleed into my cake and then not you know, throw that batter out. Right. And it is not okay to spell the name of the kid's name. You spell the kid's <laughs> name wrong for the birthday cake. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's things like that. So it's a, an example of where you can kind of see what we want when you have like a duties of an organization. There are different ways to um, engage with the work that needs to be done and what we're responsible for as an employee of an organization. Got it. And so breaches are when we, you know, aren't able to meet those duties when we when we are unable to produce the outcome we are unable to follow the procedural rule or there's a we you know we we weren't unable but for some reason we chose to not follow the procedural rule that's when we decide or that's the one way that we talk about it is breaches and this is where just culture comes into play really is because we want to make sure that if there is a breach we understand why and we understand what we need to learn to um, limit breaches in the future, whether it's managing uh, behavioral choice or whether it's uh, designing better systems. We want to make sure that 
the duties that we have outlined as what's important to us and our organization and what is uh, the responsibilities of our employees are something that we can actually obtain. And so we're constantly understanding where we're outside of those duties and why. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Fascinating. Thank you for joining me today on the Learning to Change podcast. I hope you found our discussion insightful and inspiring. As we continue to explore the power of learning and its impact on change, remember that it's not about pushing yourself or others to change, but about embracing the process of learning. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. If you're ready to take your learning journey to the next level or bring about a culture of learning in your organization, join us in our free Modern Learners community. We are here to help you navigate the challenges and celebrate the successes that come with embracing learning and change. Simply go to modernlearners.community and join us today. You'll find all the resources from today's show in there. Until next time, Stay curious and remember, I'm not asking you to change, I'm asking you to learn. Learning to Change is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Lou Blaser. Marty Seafelt edits our episodes. Our production assistant is Emily Kilduff. And Sean McMullen is our executive producer. Learning to Change is recorded on the stolen land of the Sauk and Fox tribes, the Miami Nation, the Osati, Shakawi, Sioux, Ho-Chunk, and Kickapoo peoples.